If you are an estate agent, a letting agent, or someone who is interested in the property market, then this, the UK Property Market Stat Show, is for you. Each week, myself, Chris Watkin, with a special guest, this week it's Brian Mansell, we'll come to Brian in a second, look at the UK property market right here, right now. We look at the national picture, we look at the regional picture, and then we focus in our town or city, and this week it is on Hull. When we look at the stats, what makes this show so different to any other statistics is that stuff like the land registry is looking at sales that were, were agreed nine or 10 months ago. So you're looking at sales from you know November and December 2022. The Halifax and the Nationwide are looking at sales from three or six months ago. We are looking at sales right here, right now, this week. And why is that important? Well, if we know what's happening to the property market, to demand and supply, the number of properties coming on the market, the number of properties selling, then we can actually foretell what is going to be happening to those indices that everyone has such reverence on, the Halifax, the Nationwide, and the Land Registry, three, six, nine months in advance. This show will be approximately an hour long, so stay with us, but there's lots and lots of beautiful stats, and the graphs that we use are available for your own personal use as estate agents in valuations to prove you know what you're talking about on the free valve. Today, we are joined by Brian Mansell. Brian Mansell has, is no stranger to the show, and he is ex-countrywide, big in the game when it came when, it, when countrywide were a force to be reckoned with. And now he's boss man of Gazelle, uh, the reservation agreement firm that helps estate agents with uh, reducing their fall through rates. What Brian doesn't know about estate agency isn't worth isn't worth talking about. We're on week 37 of the UK property market, and I'll just pull up my calendar, which is Monday, the 11th of September 2023, all the way through and inclusive to Sunday, the 17th of September. Brian, big in the game, Mansell. Thanks for joining me today. Good morning, Chris. It is always a pleasure, never a chore, to spend some time with you and particularly with my second favourite pastime after supporting Liverpool, looking at property industry stats, which uh, I absolutely love doing, as you know. So, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on again. Absolute pleasure, mate. Well, should we dive in and have a look at those Stalaroonies and see where we are with scores on the doorstep? Here we go. I can't promise I won't be controversial, Chris. You know me. So uh, I love being able to talk openly on these things. So Here we uh, go. Yeah, let's get in. Okay, as always, we kick off with listings. And this week we um we're looking at the in terms of 2023 figures, we're looking at the pink line. We are comparing ourselves always to 2017, 18, and 19 because they were what we would class as more normal years. Um, in terms of accumulative uh, listings to date, we're on just just past the 1.2 million mark, and the number of properties this week, in terms of the number of properties on the market this week, 34,280, and we're comparing week 37 compared to the other week 37s that were in the um, um, in the relevant years back to 2017, and uh, the average listing price of 466. Brian, what's your thoughts on these things? Yeah, well, look, I mean, this this looks like it's following the trajectory that most normal years tend to follow, apart from the sort of the bumps in the road we've had, you know, in the end of quarter one, quarter two. So 34,200 listings this week is actually the highest for, well, best part of eight, eight nine weeks now. So, it's you know, it was seen, the last time we saw 35, 34,000 or above was 
in the heady heights of the June market. Um, so that's really positive. And of course, it, it's those of us that know the the typical trends of a state agency um, and how the cyclical nature of the year tends to run in a normal year. You always tend to find there's a dip in August. Everyone's on holiday, and actually this year it felt like everybody was on holiday in August. Um, uh, but actually, we and we bounced back um, into September, which I should suspect will continue relatively strongly through to November. Well, if you actually look at that pink line, you know, you it, it plows straight through the middle of 17, 18 and 19. Yes. Yeah. You know, the shape of the graph, the dip down, you know, is amazing. It's amazing. And all these dips here, you've got Easter, you've got yeah. Easter bank holiday. I got two bank holidays wave. and you've got the coronation as well there. Yeah. And the heat waves we've had as well. Yeah. OK, so um, the average listing price this week is four hundred and sixty six thousand pounds now in the last couple of weeks that has been you know if you roll the clock back to june and july the average listing price was hovering around 410 420 she dipped down to around 400 um, in august and then slowly but surely she's been rising to 433 472 and this week 466 yeah uh ben madden on last week's show said that is this this doesn't mean that everyone's bump their prices it means the houses that are coming onto the market are much richer in price do you do you concur with ben that you know larger houses tend to come on the market after the easter holidays which is bump the average up i mean it's a big old jump it's nearly yeah i i, I do understand exactly the point ben is making and he's not wrong but i don't think you can single that out as the issue i, I do believe and certainly you know i'm dealing with in my own business, you know, nearly a thousand estate agents, and we see a lot of listing data on a daily basis coming in, that there is absolutely no doubt that there's a combination of two factors here. One of those is, as Ben has quite rightly said, um, you know, larger properties coming to the market, but actually there still is an issue at the front end of the of the general market, let's call it, which is between, you know, 200 and 450,000, where estate agents are still competing with each other for those prized properties. If you don't have it on the market, you're never going to sell it. So there's always a prize for getting it on the market. And there was always a, a saying back in the day that there's no prize for getting the price right on day one. The point is there's a prize for winning the instruction and then getting the price down and getting it sold is the kind of the, the rule of thumb. So I suspect that what we're seeing is a combination of a, a few more instructions at the higher end, but still a tendency from agents to be looking through rose-tinted glasses when they're listing rather than the actual hard reality of the market and Chris it's you know you know as well as I do it is very difficult when you are a state agent going out on instructions vendors expectations you know we see it vendors expectations are still not down at the level they need to be and that makes it very difficult for the estate agent on the on the couch to actually get across the right price but then you have the client's expectations, which in most cases is higher than the reality. How do you manage that? It's quite a difficult process because you, you by managing it on the couch, you run the risk of losing the instruction. So there's a tendency to use the rose-tinted view, get it on, and then as we will no doubt see from the listings, get it down to the price which will get it sold. It's so a number of factors. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I was talking to Ian White the other day, and he actually goes and parachutes into some of his, some of his clients. And 
uh, and he's getting anecdotal evidence that sometimes the estate agent is going in with two pairs of uh, rose tinted glasses when in reality the vendor has no no rose tinted glasses and they're just saying i just wish you'd have told me from day one that that was the price and not just some overinflated i think we all assume that we're the up against every single estate agent in the town when good questionings will can work out whether you are the only agent in town or you know the only agent asked out or what's more important i think you know it's I it's think what I think ultimately, if you look, and we, we haven't got the time or the stats to back up what I'm going to say here, but and I can only go from my experience in the corporate world. Um, but if you look at the number of people that are going out listing a property, so theoretically, one person lists one property, right? So I appreciate one person would have listed more than that in a month. But let's just say you've got 34,000 sellers that have come to the market this week. You're probably looking at somewhere around about 15,000 estate agents that have gone out to get those instructions and probably maybe less than that. I might be overestimating it. But my point is this, you're not going to have 15,000 owners and 15,000 business people valuing these properties. You're going to have a lot of people who are, whose job it is to list that house. Their job, let's be truthful, is not to get the price right on day one. Their fear of failure is high enough for them to warrant winning that instruction at all costs. And no matter what the market conditions are going on, if you are a paid lister and your job is valuer of a business, and there's a lot of people with that title, their job is not the valuer. Their job is the lister. Their job is to get the instruction onto the books. Once you've got it, you can work on it. I don't think there's one estate agent on in England that would disagree with what the seller says, but they have the fear of being really honest about price because it might come in under the expectation of the client and, and result in not winning the business. And there's a balance between getting the price right and winning the business. And until we get those matched, you're going to see this, you know, disproportionate number of, um, of properties being listed to what's being sold because of the, the issues on price. Fantastic insight. Let's move on and look at price reductions. And this week, 24,874 listings, uh, sorry, price reductions, which, the highest of the year. which is the highest of the year. Now, do remember that the stock the stock levels are, are rising. We're going to look at stock general stock levels in a second, um, but this is still only 13, 13.5% of the properties that are on the market are being reduced each month. Yeah, and look, you know, this will continue, I suspect, along a similar trajectory with the average prices that are rising. You know, and, and, I, and I go back to the point that Ben Madden has made. He's right that there, there is a lot of new, larger stock coming on, but it's not just that. You know, there are still, and it's not overvaluing either. There's a, that's a very sort of gray area and a, and a term that is used internally of, you know, are you deliberately overvaluing? I don't think, and I don't see any evidence of that. What I see is people still being cautious in terms of the advice they give, which of course means, you know, that they are going to come to the market knowing that the only route to a sale is to bring the price down, which also, you know, does is a challenge when you get a property reduced. You are giving out signals to the market, the buyer's market that, this person is flexible. So you're ultimately leading to an even lower price, which is something that is very important to explain to sellers, but a very difficult thing for people to actually, for estate agents to actually get to grips with. That if you get the price right at the beginning, you're probably more likely to sell the house quicker and at a better price than if you, you know, put it on with rose tinted glasses. And this is the challenge that people have, Chris. We are still in a marketplace in agency where the, the a lot of uh, valuers are using guides and while you use guides because they can't pinpoint the price nobody can but if you're using guides of course you are going to therefore build in potentially 
um, a, a change that's going to have to happen to the price over the over the next three four weeks. Interesting, interesting. I find it also fascinating that some people are saying, "Is this is this like two thousand and eight? But what, I think what happened in 08 is that everyone got spooked and just pulled their pants down on the fees and dropped. Uh, sorry, not pulled their pants down on the prices of the properties, which spooked an awful lot of people. Whilst I think there's a lot of people out there where they're not seeing massive 10, 20% drops in asking prices. So they're kind of saying, well, let's just wait and see. You know, a friend of mine has seen a house that he really wants. He's put the properties on the market. He's put a um, full asking price offer on. I asked him, what have you put your, yours on for? And he says, I said, is that realistic? He says, no, I just trapped on an extra 10 grand just, you know, because I just think it's, it, and you think, well, it's a, you know, it's hard work out there, isn't it? Yeah, it is hard work, but Chris, the public's perception of how to sell a house is is largely driven by what they view on TV. Okay, you know, if you think about someone selling a property, they're going to be educated by the media, not just the printed word, but also you know the visual word from the shows that they see, and that always has led since you know since God's dog was a puppy has always led people to think, well, what we're going to sell it for, we're going to put a bit of meat on the bone, we'll put a ten grand on it or five grand on it because nobody ever pays the full price. And there is still that general feeling yeah. of that's how you do it. That's what the normal thing is. You put your, if you want 450,000 for your house, then you're going to put it on at 475 to four or to 500 because you know, you're going to get you know, a but price. What, what is, what is particularly interesting is, is that Hamptons have done a monthly report have done since just before the credit crunch. And what they did is they analyzed the asking price before it went to sale agreed not the original asking price but the asking price it, it went to before original before it went to sale agreed and then on the land registry found out what it actually sold for and irrespective of what mark excluding the, the last few years in 2021 and 22 which will come up we will come back to in a second the price that was achieved was always even in the credit crunch was always between minus one and minus two percent so any any estate agent or any vent you know any estate agent listening to this you know you can say the magic thing is this is that you need an ask I know we all know this but there's stats that back this up from Hamptons that you need a decent asking price and it will sell but if you put that four if you put that four fifty on the market at four sixty she'll sell for four fifty put it on at five hundred or five eighty she'll stick there like a like a a, a nice fish on the side of a Mediterranean. Um, and call yourself a four thirty or four thirty five six months later. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Absolutely yeah. get it. I get it. And, oh, um, in the in the good years of twenty one, it was two plus two percent on average. Anyway, uh, right. Let's move on to Sarah Greens, and we're looking at gross sales, and she has bumped back up with a number of sales this week of twenty thousand six four seven. Last week it was at twenty point two. Remember, we had the week before where she dipped down uh, because of the. Um, August bank holiday. What a lovely weekend that was. The yeah. running average um, for um, the running four week average is nineteen thousand five hundred seventy eight. The ash and then this is the accumulative uh, sales to date, so eight hundred and eight. Um, and the uh, number and this the price agreed. The average price of a property sold three hundred and forty one. Now this is this is interesting. That is a thirty seven percent difference. So the average price of a property coming on the market this week, 466. The average price of a property selling 
is for 341, which is a 37% difference. We're going to look at that. Well, actually, let's go and look at that now while we will just zoom through and go and have a look at that graph. I think it's important. So there you go. Now, the long-term average in has been between 16 and 17%, okay? Why is there a 16 or 17% difference? I've said it before in the show. Basically, the higher price properties have a low propensity to sell, therefore, that, that will drag the difference down. So a healthy, that seven-year average is 16 or 17%. Last week, it was, as I said, 30, this week, it's 37. Last week, it was 32. Again, that just it's just, should we be worried about that, Brian, before we actually talk about the numbers? I don't think we should be worried about it overly. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's consistent, you know, the, at the end of the day, you know, it's consistently going up. Yeah. But the, the, the point being is it's, it's because of the, of what we talked about, you've got market conditions that most people who are out trading in estate agency land haven't really encouraged, haven't really um, dealt with for four or five years. So, um, and that takes time to readjust yourself to the new market conditions. Um, but what you also have is that for a long period of time, as long as I can remember, you know, where the most people that are looking for property, you know, tend to be looking between the 250 and 400 mark, you know, and every single graph you look at and all the stats we've got when you look at buyer data supports that. So you have less people looking at the higher end properties. That's natural. That's natural. It's, it, you know, and more people looking at the lower end. So when you have that dynamic, you know, supply and demand, you know, if you suddenly get a, a raise of people at the higher end trying to sell, you're going to have this difference for a period of time until, and, and it won't ever adjust itself to zero. So um, it is no surprise. It is no reason to panic. But as we always say, and I've always said, you've always said on these shows, these, these figures are really important to look at, but they are not representative necessarily of your individual town, which is where your focus needs to be. You know, absolute, how does your town stack up against the, the the uk numbers what do you see and therefore you can take action on your locality rather than jumping to any major conclusions from a from a, a view of the entire country do remember that the national the regional stats are available to download on uh youtube you click on youtube go to the description at the bottom all the graphs we're looking at now including some extra ones on the regions you can download for your own personal benefit now, gross sales year to date is 808,000 and compared to the running 17, 18 or 19 average, we're running at 5.7% below the run rate of 17, 18 and 19. Okay. Um, but we're following a similar pattern to listings, right? In terms yeah, of sales. We are, but, but interestingly, we'll, we'll come on to in a second. The, the run rate on gross sales is, as I said, 5.6% behind, but the uh, run rate on net sales is 9.8% um, behind. Right, yeah. Okay, so we're getting a few more fall-throughs, which you would kind of expect in this market, but you know the fall-throughs are beginning to take the toll on the net sales, which are the ones that you get paid on. Okay, shall we move? Okay, so that's the number of sales this week compared to, again, just remember the happy days of 2020. But again, um, interesting, you know, they were, were well, the question is, were they happy days, Brian? Or am I just throwing in that as, as a bit of a cheeky chat, you know? No, I think, I think happy days are all the other figures. I think 2020 was a one-off, you know, and that's the way to look at it. You've got, you know, you've got happiness is, is, keeping the business that you're operating you know, running the sales 
as you would expect them to run in a normal market. And that is, you know, you don't sell 100% of your stock, but you should be grossing 80% and, and netting through at 75. And if you're doing less than that, then you've got a bit of a problem and you need to you need to address it. But we've said that hundreds of times. Good stuff. Um, here's an interesting stat because, you know, my, I like my little stataroonos. Um, uh, in terms of however get because you whether you get it right or wrong is irrelevant all right but just just for all, all okay is this what percentage of properties this week in the uk will go sort of the contract percentage of what of stock or so of stock because we're coming on to stock in a second compared so, to complete stock on the market rather so, than okay, so how many so we've sold twenty thousand houses here compared to how many houses are on the market. market yeah so that would be around about 15 to 20 percent tops a week it is um 2.8 percent wow okay because we're on nearly 800,000 uh, 750,000 houses for sale on the market at the moment yeah so so sorry yeah weekly i'm doing it monthly as well yeah, weekly so monthly that stacks up to your sort of figure of the of the of around 12 or 13%. So you should be looking at between three to 5% is a good week if you're selling that of your overall stock. Yeah, okay. So that brings us on nicely. Sorry, I should have been a bit clear on that one. Right. This brings us on nicely to this graph, which I published on, on LinkedIn um, a couple of days ago. And the yellow line shows you the number of properties for sale. And as you can quite clearly see here, that in 2021, there was over half a million. She dipped down to around 350,000. Uh, 350, and now she's at 650, 700,000, okay? Yeah. So the number of properties selling each month in blue and the and the numbers of blue are down the right-hand side of the of the access shows you the number of properties for sale that are selling. And you can quite clearly see there is that this, again, gives you proof that overvaluing will not win because the simple fact is the number of properties has doubled but the number of properties selling has gone down by 25%. Yeah. Number yep. of properties for sale doubled 100%, number of properties selling down 25%. And I think that in one graph shows you where you, you know, you're absolutely right, Brian. You should, you, you know, you need to get the house on the market. And if you do need to, should we say, put a few rose tinted glasses on it? then do it, but make sure that you have a clearly defined system that's going to get that price down in two, three, four weeks, not in two, three, four months, or leave it to Floss, who's only been in the business eight months and doesn't know how to do a price reduction. If you've got grey hair or no hair, uh, unlike yourself, Brian, I don't know what it is. I, I can't see, you know, I think we are very similar age and I can't see any grey in your hair whatsoever. It must be the Lake District living. There's a bit, mate, there's a bit. It's more in my beard than you've got. I, I've got more in my beard than you have. <laughs> or your head than I have, so I don't know. That's, uh, the thing is, right, is... Of all of these stats are brilliant, but if you are an estate agent right now, you must be aware of the volatile market conditions that we have. But it's an opportunity to educate people around you, both your existing stock and your new stock. And everything as it is in every single year, in every single month, in every single day, is everything is relative to the journey that your customer is on. Yep. If, they're, if they are buying on and they're and you're talking to them about adjusting their price, well, they should be that adjustment will be passed on to the people that they're buying from because the same conversations should be happening everywhere. 
I mean, Brian, you might have heard, you might have not heard of this, but this thing called Right Move Plus. Okay, yeah, right don't, don't tell anyone about it because it's top secret. No state agents don't know about it. But what you can do is you can actually go in and have a look at what properties. Let's just say your your person owns a three bed detached, and they say I'm not going to drop my price, and they want a four bed. Why don't you actually go into Right Move Plus and actually say, Well, hold on a second. Yeah, you 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 yours has gone down from three hundred to two fifty, but your five hundred one is now four hundred. So you make you know tell the story, tell them the facts. But Chris, there's also something about these stats that we can't see, and it would be wonderful if we could. I don't know how on earth you'd ever do it, but the results of a property being marketed are very largely driven by the position that the client selling is actually in. So. You've got an empty house that needs to be sold because there's a debt that needs to be recovered. That is going to sell a lot less than a property. And the client is going to be more likely to be um, listening to your advice on price than they would be if they have yet to find something they want to buy. And this is the, this is the devil in the detail, because quite often what you find in um, as an estate agent is you will meet someone who's going to sell and you know that they can, you can sell their house and you know the price really where it needs to be to get activity that will result in offers but that client has yet to find something so you're caught in this devil area this this difficult area where you know if you push too hard on the sale you're going to lead to the property being withdrawn because the client will panic and think they can't find if you you know push too hard on the price to get activity and viewings because you're targeted by your business to do that you will frighten them you've got to try and help them find something to move but that's difficult because they haven't sold so it's a very, you know, it's a very complicated process with certain clients. And the position of those clients will largely determine the results on the sale of their property and will influence largely the, the, the advice that they're receiving from their estate agent, which I completely understand. It's not easy when you're dealing with different types of people in different positions. So if we were looking at graphs and, every, and all of those graphs were vacant properties, I suspect you'd see a very different set of numbers in terms of price being achieved, sale time, number of stock to sale, and so on. If you took a, a look at the market of just properties where the seller needed to find and hadn't found, you'd see, I think, an even wider gap. So what we're looking at here is a combination of all six, uh, situations that sellers find themselves in, and that skews the numbers quite often, which right. is why there's no reason to panic. Great insight there, mate. Right. Let's come to your specialist subject, which is self-all-throughs this week. Yeah. Self-all-throughs have dropped. Still running high at 5,700 for the week, which is a fall-through rate on gross sales of 27.64. She has been hovering around that 30% mark. Ignore the spike at Christmas because the numbers are so low in terms of sale agreed and fall-throughs. It doesn't a spike, but I'll put it in because those are the numbers. Let's not forget that magical, the magical or unmagical quarter four when we were hovering around the 40% mark. Now, Brian uh, does run Gazeal and he um, he helps estate agents with their fall through rates. Um, it's around the 7% mark, isn't it, Brian? Or a bit less exactly. than that? It's five at the moment, 5%. But what's interesting, and we've seen this over the last few months, is the, report, the rise of gazundering. So we're being asked to look at more deals now than we have for a, well, since we started really three years ago, um, we're looking at cases where people are attempting both in terms of deliberately, but also in terms of innocently to renegotiate much later into the sale. Now we've gone through a period we've looked at in the market of gazumping, which 
is a very familiar term to the public um, where a seller agrees to sell something and then expects to get more money and then and then accepts a higher offer. But we've got the exact opposite scenario now. We've got the situation where people are agreeing a price uh, at the beginning of a sale with, you know, I, I would say in most cases, the intention to see that through. But they're then coming up against more down valuations than we've seen before. Um, the surveyor's job is always to try to get the price down. They are the ones that try to do it more than the estate agents, ironically. But what we're seeing also is people using, you know, small things that are coming up on surveys. You know, the roof needs doing on the garage in 10 years or we need 20 grand off then. And, and that is very insightful and, and expected to a certain extent when you're in a period of economic instability that we're in, instability that we're in at the moment. Um, and that would be causing a lot of people even though their desire is strong to sell, to financially be unable to, to do that, which would then cause a fall through. So um, it's agents, it's back to the pricing. It's always back to this pricing uh, process is that um, you know in some cases, you're educating the seller about the price expectation that they're going to sell for. And then it's a very difficult conversation to educate the seller that, you know, have they built any additional fat into this? Because they're, you know, anything that gets flicked up on a survey is likely to cause people to wobble and expect to get a price reduction later on in the sale. So it's a, it's a, it's a double hit, if you like, that can be dealt with by the right agents with the right advice at the right time to the seller, which is traditionally during the listing process. But you know, it's uh, it's ever so important to um, to be to be mindful of that. Thank you for your insight, there, mate. Um... Fall through rates, as I said, 27.64 compared to the running weeks um, of, of week 37. And that is the actual numbers. Again, interestingly, a lot of people forget that um, there were more fall throughs in 21 and 20, 20 and 21 and 22 than there were now. You wouldn't think that way, would you? Well, but you would, because the fall throughs, as I've just said, were largely caused by people being gazumped. Gazumped, right. Fair so, goes. We now move on and look at net sales, which is the number of growth. So whatever gross sales you have in a particular week, less the fall throughs that took place in that week gives us our net sales. We can see here that we, we, we've had, we've continued to jump back up from the um, uh, August bank holiday weekend with the pink line, the yellow, the, the white line is the average of 17 to 19 and then 21, 20 and 22 are the dotted lines just for comparison. Um, we'll just have a quick look at this and then we'll get you to talk about net sales. So um, cumulative net sales year to date, we are at 90.1 of the 17, 18, 19. Remember, we were at, um, we were at 94.6, 94.7 of gross sales, but net sales. That 90 has been slipping for the last three months. It got up to around 95 or 96. And each week, like a piece of salami, it's been slowly coming off. Last week it was 90.2, this week it's 90.1. No, I think it was 90.5 last week. Um, and, you know, there's less properties going into the pipeline, net sales. Thoughts on this, Brian? Well, you this, this is a perfect storm, okay? There's no two ways about it. If you are half educated as an estate agent in the business economics that you are involved in, you will realize, and I don't know how long it's going to take you to figure this out, but in a market where you've got decreasing sales, upward costs, staff pressures who are also facing in their personal lives, upward costs in, in the cost of living. Um, you've got decreasing sales, dropping prices. There's going to come a point where 
you are selling less houses, making less money than you've made in the last five years with a much higher cost to do so. And that is not good business. Um, and <laughs> I, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that has been broadcasting this sort of message. You know, if you are not taking corrective action on this, um, then you're in for a very, very bumpy ride because there are agents out there that will be taking corrective measures that are doing things about this, that are changing their practices to get ahead of this. But, you know, ultimately you're going to be suffering big time because this is the market. Okay. This is what is happening out there. And, you know, with, if you're not getting your pricing right and it's difficult, as I've already said, I respect the fact it's difficult. It's not easy, but your, your stock is a liability on your business when you list it because it's cost in terms of physical cost for you to fly your drones around and get your photos out and all this sort of stuff. It's a cost to your staff who you're paying, who are ringing out a property or trying to do viewings on a property that is unlikely to sell because its price point is wrong. Um, then you're, you're spending more money per property sale and you're getting less property sales than you were before and all your other business costs are going up. So hello, do something about it or do something else is kind of the point here. Um, what, now, what, what, what would you reckon, you know, we could spend hours on this, but we're not going to, uh, what advice, what, what, what sort of things are people needing to do? Where do you see the biggest changes that need to happen? Is it mindset? Is it ostrich in the head in the sand? Is it? It's, yeah. it's Chris, you know, many, many years ago, uh, when I, when I was, when I was, when I was privileged to, um, to lead teams at Countrywide and LSL and so on. I was educated by very intelligent people financially and economically that I had never been I'd never been um, um, uh, never been trained by before to look at graphs to look at numbers. So one of the most important things that we looked at, and I'm talking back to 2008, uh, 20, 2009, that market that was very very difficult. You know, we tracked headcount against gross sales and, and listings, and we had all the numbers like you've got here. But the other one we add in was our, our full time headcount, and the moment that line crossed that you had more staff than sales, you had to take corrective measures. And the, the, the first and almost the priority, sorry, the first and, and most important priority was list more property. But if you physically can't, then what options have you got? Can you sell more property? So what? how do we sell more property? We get the price right. We get. We track our activity. What are we doing the day we get that house? How are we trying? What feedback are we getting from people that don't want to see it? And are we giving that feedback to the client? Are we educating to get the price adjusted if we if we need to, to get it sold. But we are not waiting four weeks to do that. We were going on revisits, seeing clients. We were making that a priority because to sit down and go through the statistics and the research we've now got on a live house after two weeks of it being on the market is respectful to the client rather than trying to do it over a phone call after you've spent weeks, in some cases months, convincing someone to list with you then going through the physical effort of going and seeing these people and the cost of listing it. And then we try and get a major, major price change done on the phone in a 10 minute phone call. That's just not good practice. You know, so the point is, it's looking at the process of what you're doing to achieve a sale on a property. And if you're, if you're doing everything you believe you are doing, well, then you're going to have to look at your staff levels because they have not been adjusted as the market has begun to fall. So that's put that that always puts pressure on your your bottom line because most estate agents operate on a cost level that their staffing cost is their biggest cost. 
Great insight, mate. Thank you very much. Right. Um, as I said, we've done the cumulative net sales. We've done the difference between asking price. Let's just have a whiz through these. Price changes as a percentage of listing is at 72%. Um, this has been hovering this year at 61%, and the long-term seven-year average is 42%. That's quite high, isn't it? It's, you know, there is no surprise based on what we've already talked about and you've talked about on previous shows with other other um, commentators. Um, it is going to remain there until things change. And that's either the market changes or the practice of listing property changes. But, you know, we've got high interest rate or higher interest rates than we've had for a very long time. We've got still an awful lot of mortgage mortgage business being done. A lot of mortgages are there. Um, but it is all about the price. And we say it every week after week after week. Um, you know, if you've got low gross, low net sales, it's because you haven't got enough gross sales. And if you haven't got enough gross sales, it means you haven't got enough stock. And if you've got enough stock, you haven't got them at the right price. Again, amazing insight. Um, gross sales as a percentage of listings for this week, 60.23. The long-term average is 76, and the year-to-date average is 66.5. Thoughts on this? Uh, like we've said many times before, you look at 2023 compared to 2019, 2018 is the comparison. The other years in between are you know, not really to be taken in context to the market conditions we've got right now. So it's not a million miles away from 2018. 10% down on 2019 or there or thereabouts, 9% down is sizable, depending on the size of your business, of course. But again, if that is not, if you're not taking corrective action, why would you expect it to suddenly bounce back up again? You know, the only way that's going to happen is you get price rises. And the only way that's going to happen is if we get lower inflation, lower interest rates, lower mortgage rates, more people come out, you know, and, and start buying. Um, we we are we're all. What I'm trying to say is that you can't wait for the market to change. You yeah. have to change, don't you? You, you? you. I mean, the beautiful thing is you have a choice, right? There'll be some businesses that are very well supported by lettings um, and good for and, and absolutely good in the time of difficult sales. You have a good strong lettings book and vice versa. That's the balancing act that everyone should be looking at. Um, but if you don't, if if your if your income ratio on sales is over forty percent, so if you've got sales and lettings. Really, the dynamic needs to be 70% lettings, 30% sales. 50-50 is okay, but it's, if you want a valuable business, then you know your income from your managed portfolio should be you know one, a high proportion of your overall income. But if your percentage of income of your business, if you're doing sales and lettings, is over 50% on sales, you need to take corrective action urgently because the market isn't going to come back to you for a, who knows, a year, maybe longer. So... Corrective action is needed if you want to get your bottom line better and, and have a more healthier business for you and your staff. We're now moving on to the regional figures. Uh, this is this this is the national figures on all the main stats. Green is good and red is balanced. You can quite clearly see here um, that the start of the year was the good better times, and then it started to get slightly harder with regard to sales and and stats. There, again, this can all be downloaded. We don't normally spend too long on the regional stuff, but this can all be downloaded again from YouTube uh, in the description and you can download these and use them for your own personal benefit. You can also use them on um, valuations, uh, whether you're a client of mine or not, you can use them. Uh, but um, I do ask that you don't use them on uh, social media without my express permission. 
I would uh, just jump in, Chris, on this. I think that's a really good point, and you make it every time I've been on this show, and I wonder how many people do actually download them. You, you should, because you've done a lot of work here, free of charge, to help people, because that's what you do. But I would urge people, businesses, to look at the UK stats, the regional stats, you know, their um, their city stats, or their, or their and then their own individual postcode stats, you know, and just compare. Where are we in comparison to the immediate vicinity? Where are we to compared to the region? Where are we compared to the country? What, you know, where are we? And then use that information to interpret the right message to their customers. Indeed. Sending out stats to people, which I see some people doing because they will just fry the, the public's brain and they won't be looked at. What is particularly interesting on the regional stuff is, is that it kind of all moves up and down like, like the tide. There is obviously different areas which have higher tides. So they all have high tide, but some are slightly higher and some are slightly lower, but they all kind of moves in a rhythmical pattern. Let's, you know, just have a quick look. You can see that it's mostly greens at the start of the year and mostly reds at the end of the year. Again, you will not be able to see these on the screen on the, because it's a recorded Zoom call, but you will be able to download these in higher definition and have a look at them yourself. Um, and again, just, you know, we're just looking at, I mean, like everything, I mean, let's just always, because again, we know in a London, they do like to uh, think the world does a revolve around them, bless them. What does particularly of interest is this, that the average price of a property in the last two weeks has been uh, 1.1 million pounds, but the average value of a property sold has been 715,000. That is not a bad, that's not, a, that's an orchestra. It's not a band. That's a huge so again, we need to keep that that screamed at me. The gap between properties selling in in um, inner London is W S E S W N N W E and uh, the two cent city centre postcodes. Uh, so let's keep again. Let's keep an eye on that one, ladies and gentlemen. Um, nothing else really here to to, to scream to scream that screams out. Uh, but again, you can download for your own region. Let us move on and look at the percentages, and you can quite clearly see that the tonality between the regions is still staying strong. You know, gross sales to listings in inner London is 35%, but in West Midlands, it's 69%. That is a massive difference. But again, we always knew that London, there's the chances of selling a house are much lower, but it is, you know, massive. It's, you know, you've got a 50% less chance of selling a house in London than you do in the West Midlands and the North amazing yeah yeah absolutely but the fees are higher but you know i think it's just important um and then there's percentage of price changes and net sales as percentage of listings okay um anything on that before we move over to um where we're going to go to today for our town nothing, nothing more for me on that no other than just like i said before if you download these which you should compare compare them but don't just forward them on to people you know Use them to, uh, to make some make some really juicy posts on that that will people will be interested in because everybody, whether they're selling or not, is interested in the value of their home, and what's happening to their housing market. Hey, if only there's a person that could ghostwrite articles about the property market with local stats, it'd be absolutely fantastic, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be great? Right, let's go and have a look at Hull. Let's.
Well, Brian, did you like that intro I did? I think it's a bit more BBC East Midlands or BBC Look North. I just, you know, flying in over the uh, Humber Bridge. We'd love that bit. Right. So as always, um, we are using the 20EA Insights platform. This is a platform which all estate agents can have, and you can actually have it for free um, for a, a couple of postcodes. Um, and you go to 20EA Insights, you can, as I said, have that for free. If you want to pay them some shekels, you can actually have uh, more data and over a longer period of time. Um, I'm not here to, I'm, I'm not, they've not paid me to promote them. I'm just a huge fanboy of it. And I know Brian is too. And they give me the platform free of charge. Again, I think it's only important that we just flag this up that they give this to me free of charge. In return though, I I show you it and you can use it. But basically what I'm gonna show you now is the paid for version that you can have on your town. And if you use it the way I'm going to use it now, this will prove to you as estate agents that if you are having trouble proving your fee or trouble proving that you're a better estate agent, as long as your stats actually back it up, this will prove that you can charge more and you will lose them or you lose less listings. So. Brian, without further ado, let's uh, dip in to my favoritist estate agency stats website, which is 20EA. So we are look, uh, we are going to the city of Hull, which for the purposes of this is HU1 all the way through to HU9. I think the first thing we're going to look at before we start diving into different estate agents here is, is the level of stock. And again, well, let's just go and have a look at the August figures because those are the complete month. But in the city of Hull in 2021 of August, there was 1,166 properties. She only rose no matter 130 up to 1,200. But today now there's 1,786, which is quite a difference. It's an uplift of over 50% of more properties for sale. So again, my message to all Hull estate agencies is that if there's 50% more houses for sale, be careful with your with the number of uh, overvaluing as you're going to do. And remember what Brian said earlier on in the show and do, if you're just, if you've just come to this, your whole agent, do go look back at the previous part of the show, because Brian was talking about different techniques that you can utilize on. Yes, you might have to overvalue it, but to get it on the market, but techniques to get it back down straight away. Good old fashioned stuff that we did in 08, 09, when, when we, none of us had gray hair, eh, Brian? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's kick off. So, it's quite obvious that number agent number one agent in town. So we're now working on the level of stock at any one time that's on the market. We'll come and look at new listings in the next slide. And we can quite clearly see here that Beercocks were around 13%. She's drifted down to 10% in the summer of 22. And it looks like she's been going back up to 2023. We'll just switch off the new builds just because we don't want to be uh, messing about with that. So we'll just wait for that to come through. And there you go. That does now all of a sudden we've taken new homes out and that now levels that up. So that does make that slightly better. But you can quite clearly see beer cops. You've, you, you were starting well in 21. You've drifted down to nearly 11, 10 or 11 percent. And she's now going back up. OK, um, the beer cops team run run by uh, by. Uh, it is a huge family business. Do you know anything about them, uh, Brian? Uh, yeah, they're a very large business. As you quite rightly say, very well run by the um, by the family, which is excellent. Good stuff. Uh, it's a bit like, can you remember the old, you, I know you're from Liverpool, like the bread family, you know, everyone's involved in the family. So uh, I think if you don't get called out and, and your name's Beercock on the end, then 
you know, that, that's quite a rare occurrence, I believe. Uh, but yeah, good operator. Steve, who is kind of like driving the, the business forward, the roller of the beer cops, Steve is the guy I know. Um, top lad, top lad. Uh, let's go look at Whitaker's. Oh dear, guys, it looks like your market share seems to be drifting from around the 10% mark and has been drifting downwards. Uh, Simmons and Greenham. Okay, let's go and look at you guys. Oh, there you go, lads. It looks like you're doing... I do know that the Simmons and Greenham lads used to work for Beercox, so obviously they've been trained well by the master himself, the masters themselves. Okay. Moving on to William H. Brown, who are part of the Commonwealth Secrets Group. Now, that is really rare. Um, I'm see I've been seeing... The, now, what is interesting, Brian, I don't know if you're aware, each day on a, at two o'clock, I'm doing the top 100 estate agents by total number of sales, 21 versus 22 versus year to date, July 23. And what is particularly interesting is this. The smaller Connell Secret brands are, are really going under the radar and growing really well, whilst the bigger ones tend to be kind of quite stodgy at the top. Um, and not particularly growing. So massive well done there to the boys and girls in William H. Brown, which are part of Connell Secrets, for growing your business there. Nice one, guys. Reed's Reigns, I believe it must be part of the LSL, which will be now be a franchise network. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's see where Purple Bricks are. Not too unexpected. Their market share is dropping nationally. It has been dropping. Wigwam Homes. Okay. You've grown and leveled off a bit. Move with zest. I'm loving the names of these firms, Brian. Uh, oh, looks like you guys have been slipping slightly. Um, Elgar Property Services. Yeah, don't know what's happening there, guys. You're a decent player with 4% of the market. So what's happening there? And Strike. Here we go. Um, up and down. Okay, there it goes. Uh, should we move on and look at uh, sort of a bit more juicy content, which is... so. Number of sales. So um again, Brian, I will just keep talking and please yeah, yeah, absolutely just, just jump in uh when you like because you know I'll talk for England on this one. Yeah. So um let's look at beer cocks in terms of new instructions. That's quite spiky, up and down a lot. Okay, let's look at Whitaker's. Okay, a bit more level, but again, slightly drifting downwards. Simmons and Greenland, they've been growing, they've been their new listings have been growing. Chris, can I make a suggestion? On the date box, top left, could you just make it for the 1st of January 2023? I'm particularly keen to see, you know, how these are all performing because we're looking at the stats for three years, but it'd be quite good to see what they're doing this year based on the fact we've got a different market to the two previous years. Okay, here That's we go. Make much of a change to um, to market shares and, and, and various stats. So, Beercox. Yeah. Okay. Simmons. So, this is new instructions. So interesting, let's just, I'll tell you what we might do is this. Um, I'm just going to take a photograph of it for ease. Okay, hold on. There we go. So Beercocks have 13, so this year, 30, they've had 13.1% of the listings, but for sales, they've had 15%. Nice one, guys. Yeah. Whitakers have had 8.8% of the um, oh, let's go back to uh, where we go. New instructions. Here we go. So Whitakers have had eight point two percent of the new instruction, new instructions, and eleven point two percent of the sales. That's really good. Well done, guys. Simmons and Greenham have had nine point two percent, nine point three percent of the sales, and new instructions. Just hold on. There we go. That was Whitakers, wasn't it? Eight point two. Okay. Let's go and look at William H. Brown. 
they've had 7.24% of the listings, 7.2, and 6.94 of the sales. So, so one of the things that um, I always find useful here, and, and you might find it very useful for your um, viewers, is to look at the listing numbers um, for the year. Yep. Uh, and then looking at the, if you can just unselect one of the agents, we can see the green graphs. So yep. now there's, there's your pricing on the green graph on the right-hand side. Yes. So your market is one fifty is 100 to 150 is the price market yep. price range. If you then dive on the trigger to sold, uh, sorry, to um, listings. Sorry, I thought we were looking at listings actually. Yeah, go click the listing so that they match. So actually what you can see there is market share numbers are, are very similar because people are listing what they're selling. Yeah. Yeah, we're listing in a marketplace where the majority of buyers are based, which is always a great place to do. You know, you look at the, the bandings on the right-hand graph with green for listing. The, band, the bandings, but look, this is interesting, is this. 3,687 properties have come on the market since this year, but so the contract, 2,392. Yeah, absolutely. It's just that I always like to have a little cheeky look at the upper quartile. Keeps the posh agents nice and happy. So let's go and have a look. Um, and we'll go half a million. Doesn't look like there's many properties in the upper quartile. Over 400 grand. Oh, wow. There's not many properties at all, is there? But again, we are dealing with Central Hall here. If you want the posh houses, you go to Beverly and you go to Hesel and South Cave along the, the motorway. So um, I think that's probably a bit naughty that we look at the upper quartile because I don't think there's many it's houses. So it's not really representative of that mark. Okay, we have to have a look, though. Mm. Uh, let's move on. Anything else before we move on and talk about... Well, let's bring all this together and bring out my favourite chart, which is the Omni Competitive Landscape Sales Screen, which is an awfully big mouthful, but boys and girls, this is gold, right? Okay. So what we're doing here is this. It's a bit of a data fest here, and this is why um, a lot of agents say, you know, but let me let me drive this one through to you. And Brian, you know what's coming, so you just you pin your ears back, and here we go. We're not looking at new instructions or new new instruction market sale or sold some of the contract numbers and sold some of the contract percentages. We're ignoring those. We're also ignoring fall and throughs and price changes. Okay. All we are looking at is these four columns here, exchanges and withdrawals. Think about it. The only reason a property will leave an estate agent's book if she exchanges or withdraws. Obviously, if the sale falls through, it doesn't leave you, and it goes back on the market, it doesn't leave your books. It goes back on recycle and go back on the market. Okay, so I think this is a vital because you said last time in the show, and I remember it, Brian, and it was just a goal, is that we, we are put, we estate agents put the houses on the market to sell them, not to get them marketed. Not, is that the phrase you used? People instruct an estate agent to help them sell, to move home, not market the home. Love that phrase. I got it the wrong way around, but the sentiment was there. So bang on. So this is this is this is absolutely vital. So if, if you're good on these numbers, you can actually you I would be using this data in the in the home. And actually, look, the magic thing is this: for in the last rolling 12 months, for every hundred houses that have that have left an estate agent's books, 60.41% of them have exchanged and um 35.83% of them in whole have withdrawn and not sold. Okay. Now, I don't know about you, Brian, but the, the big daddy-o in terms of the top five estate agents 
is Beercocks at 80.45. And I've got to give these guys a, a round of applause. The simple fact is, is that for every 100 houses they put on the market, they exchange contracts on 80.47. When you can look at Whitaker's at 74.4, Simmons and Green at 67, and William H. Brown at 56. That is really appreciate the numbers, uh, Chris, I appreciate the numbers are low, but actually the best performance on there is Purple Bricks, which is very interesting. Yes, but they very. are six of the size. I, I know, as I just said, I appreciate yes. the numbers alone, but actually, and, and, and interestingly, nationally, purple bricks, and I know you know this is going to surprise you, but purple bricks normally, nationally, are one of the better agents when it comes to the exchange versus withdrawn ratio, which will surprise an awful lot of agents. But again, it, it tracks the type of person who wants to sell, was prepared to pay the fee, and therefore is more likely to exchange. But let's come. But actually, if you just stop and think about that, okay, is there, is there, and this is a controversial point, because someone is potentially paying up front to list their house, are they going to be more realistic potentially, or listening to more realistic advice? An agent that is being paid to list potentially is less likely to overegg the omelet in terms of its price, and therefore. The price of the property is more accurate, maybe more realistic from the outset, which is resulting in a far in a sale of a, of more properties. Now you could also you could also argue at the same time, of course, that the people that are most likely to pay up front for marketing their home are the most committed to actually moving. So there's also counter counter arguments to that would you know you could use to inflate or deflate the statistics. So, you know, general estate agency, no sale, no fee, are they, you know, traditionally they're opening their books to everybody. And of course, a proportion of those people will be questionable whether they actually want to move or not, or going to move or not. Could be a bit flakier. Who knows? Bit of a bombshell there, mate. We're not even at the end of the show. Um, there's quite a wide range there, isn't there, in that in yeah. that top five or top 10 there from, you know. I would be very concerned if you're William H. Brown whilst the numbers are great on listing, you know, you, there are no prizes for listing, there's prizes for exchanging and, and you know, getting the money through and, and getting people moved. But if you're only actually completing on 46, 56% of what you've listed, that's a bit of a, that's, that's needs some work. There's something wrong in the, in the machine from the top to the bottom. And look at this, Beercocks, obviously price right. And we do actually have some stats on that because they're only price changing on 27.91% of their listings whilst yeah. William H. Brown at 45 and 45. So again, they're getting the prices down, but they're still not selling them, which again shows that if you're putting them on at the right price, the buggers will sell, which we all yeah. knew. What you've got, it, the Beercocks line is, is you know, almost the perfect line. It's not ideal, but it's the strongest line of numbers. It, it, I tell you what, agency business. As I said, we're on week 37, and I can only think of one other location where the number one agent has a really nice hand. Normally, number one agent for listings has a slightly below average exchange ratio, and their fall-through rates are a bit tough. But, you know, it looks like the Beercocks are... are, are a dominant agent and they're performing as well so the question is i mean we've said before simmons are greenham they're growing their business so what does i mean what advice would you give to simmons agreement who are quite obviously coming up the ranks and at the rate they're going are going to be giving um beer cocks a run for their money soon what advice would you give them to continue growing and, and going up against the big daddy o agent in the town or city 
to me, it looks like pricing strategy. You know, you're exchanging 67%. Your fall through rate is pretty healthy. I, I say healthy, 90% is not great. There's a few tweaks on that, but, and your, your um, price changing rate is, you know, higher than the average. Well, it's, it's the same as the average of every agent in the town, but not the people that you're competing with. So to me, it looks like pricing strategy and productivity on the front end of getting viewings, feedback, price and property sold under offer, I should say, sorry. Okay, let's just, um, we'll just have a quick look. The number of properties for sale in the last 12 months, so that's September 22, September 23, is 2.03% more than the September 21 to September 22. So therefore, if you are listing this, uh, if you're listing 2% more in Hull, you're just treading water. And we can quite clearly see here, Beercocks, they've listed 2.54. So they've treaded, they've stayed still. Reed's Reigns have gone up, moved with Zest, where are they number seven? So well done on those guys. Simmons Agreement, 26%. And actually, you can actually see this in the graph here where you actually put a little, you and it shows you the graph. So you can see a big line there for Reed's Reigns. So the further you're off to the right, the most listings, and then the ones, the further north you are on this is the listing. So you can see here, William H. Brown tend to be, have you noticed that they're slightly posher houses? They probably deal with more of the West Hull as opposed to East Hull, where they are more inexpensive. Let's look at Beercocks, they've hardly moved. Whitakers, they've gone backwards. Okay, interesting. Okay. Um, and you can see the graphs there. Let's go back and take that back. Interestingly, the number of online estate agents in Hull is 7.12% compared to the national average of 5.43. Again, this is a fantastic graph that you can take out on a chart on an i on an ipad right and if i was beer cox i'd be sh shouting about this and saying look this is independent evidence that we sell more houses now the next screen brian should we, mm -hmm. i think you want to say is what you actually get through it. let's just see what beer cox have achieved because we've got the next screen is wonderful screen it actually shows you if all the agents put the same house on the market what would each agent achieve for it which i think is mind-blowing and if you're going up against cheap fees this is a great way to prove that you've got so i would just you know who knows big the, the thing that might be the 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 fly in the ointment to beer cox is what they actually achieve for the houses let's have a look here we go again this is a bit of a data geek fest boys and girls but trust me the data is wonderful and the magic thing is this so we're going to break this down okay whenever you put a house on the market the 20 EA platform will has an automated valuation model price in its computer, and then we'll compare that against what you put the house on the market for. So looking at Beercocks, out of the 645 houses they put on the market, there you go. We talked about the fact they didn't drop their prices, but you know, they're using their dominant position to their advantage. Look, there you go. 0.71%. So they are pricing really well. Their, their, their asking price next to the automated valuation model is really tight at 0.71. When you consider that the average is 0.72, there's some people in here. I mean, look at this strike 3.85. Come on, guys. Um, purple bricks 2.26. Okay, come on. Um, Whitaker's at 1.56. Simmons. So this is almost your what you've overvalued it by. And there's quite a bit of difference there. Reed's range at 1.62, Wigwam at 1.27. So um, if you were an estate agent in Hull and your figures were high, what would you be saying to yourself and your team, Brian, at this point? 
if my figures were hot, well, I mean, it would be down to what I've always said, what I've been saying before. It's down to, you know, how are you, what's your market share on new instructions? Yeah, and what is the percentages of stock that you're selling in comparison to the other people in your location? So just like we've said before on um, um, Simmons and Greenham, I mean, you know, they're not, and Whitakers, you know, you've got a, I mean, I think we, we should also say that some of these numbers are significantly better than what we've seen in the past from other parts of the country. So, you know, you've not, you've not got a lot of wiggle room at the area of the market, the value of the market that you're actually trading in. When you're trading around 150, you know, putting, you know, 5% could kill the, you know, any chance you've got at all. And most often have you laughed out the front room. So I don't suspect that you've got a lot of opportunity, even if your mission was to overvalue to list. I don't think you've got a lot of opportunity to do that because the public will be educated and there will be no doubt a zillion comparables that you can use to uh, to guide you. So, you know, 1% here, 2% there, I think is is neither here nor there really at the front end. Um, well, but it, it, it's going to be a case of, you know, what have you sold that's like this? You know, how many boards have you got up? Okay, In well, the, towns, the boards are, the, are critical. The next column is this price achieved. So what price did you achieve on the land registry compared to your original asking price, not your reduced price, your original asking price? And you can quite clearly see here that Beercocks have been getting that, again, you need proof that damn good pricing gets you more money. This is your proof. Beercocks price really competitively at 0.71, but get 1.58% over the asking price on average. Whilst you big look, the bigger agents here, sorry, that into who are over overvaluing are, you know, Reed's Reigns are putting their properties on at 1.62%, but getting 3.2% less. Whitaker's putting on at 1.56, getting 4.12% less. So Beercox pulling up, and again, Beercox not client of mine and not a client of Brian's. We just, we're talking as we see, aren't we, Brian? Yep, absolutely. Okay, that Beercox's realistic asking price and something they do in their agency means that they are getting 1.5% over the original asking price on average in the last 12 months. That will obviously change going forward as the market changes. Now, what 20 EA Insights do is this, because percentages are percentages that people find them very difficult. So the bottom line is this. If everyone put on a £150,000 house, what would you achieve? What would each agent achieve for it? And this here is where I think the secret, well, this is the wonderful thing is this. Beercocks get on average £7,300 more for an average house in whole compared to Whitaker's and £4,700, because the difference between that price, 153 and 148 You know, I've got to admit, Brian, I've not really seen a, an agent, number one, who's almost got straight aces, almost straight aces all the way across. I'd love to know what the Beercocks model is. I would suspect as well that if these, if they're aware of these stats, which I'm sure they are, then they're, they will probably be not the cheapest agent either. I hope they're not the cheapest agent. They'll probably and, be the most expensive, I would have thought. Okay, and if you're not the cheapest, and if you if you aren't the most expensive, then you need to be putting your fees up because these are fantastic fees. What would your message be, Brian, to any estate agent like Whitaker's? And, I mean, Simmons and Greenman obviously doing a good job because their market share is growing. But what would your message be to your Simmons and Whitaker's where quite clearly someone else does have quite a few more aces up their sleeves? Well, I mean, the devil is in the detail, okay? So if you're not buried in the stats and looking at like you're doing today at these numbers, 
then you can't see where you can make your improvements. And, and those sort of businesses will find improvements can be made in small marginal gains across a number of the different processes that they employ. Aggregation of that will be a big jump. And that's what I they've got, you know, they're in they're in striking distance, should we say. You know, it's a little bit like um F1 when you see the car, it says within striking distance in five laps. Well, they're only going to be in striking distance to overtake somebody if they continue at the speed they're doing and they have the right strategy um, and then get past them. So it's kind of, to me, it's in that world. And, and F1 is all about marginal gain, fractional gains, yeah. point seconds here, point seconds there, aggregated together over a 60 so, lap so there's rate. No, there's no one magic bullet. And again, strike are at number 10. So they're in striking distance. Hey, But you've got to understand where those gains can be made, Chris. That's the message. If um, look at the stats, look at what you can see, interpret the data, and then put it into put a, a plan around that, um, and then keep measuring what matters. Okay, let's see who sells the houses quickest, and uh, we are starting off with Lovell's seem to sell the houses quickest at thirty five and forty days, Beercocks at forty four days, and Reed's Reigns. As you can see, William H Brown again, they, their pricing strategy seems to be slightly higher, which means their drags their average more. Let's look at who the kings are of kings and queens of um, sales progression and move with zest are the daddios at 97, but then they then new instruction sold with contracts more. So whether they hold back with instructing until survey, who knows? Um, and you can look at the numbers there. Then finally, it's put add them all together, new instruction to completion. And we can quite clearly see that levels and urbans are the quickest at 146 and 147. The average is around 155. Let's see where Beercox is, 148. Looks like they've almost got a straight run there, so a roll flush. Okay, let's go and look at let lettings, and then we'll leave these wonderful people in peace. And we can quite clearly see that open rent, which is... Um, uh, 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 FS can use it to, to, to put their properties on. Not unsuspected in the north, they are the number one agent. Um, there's obviously a student-let market in... in um, so that's going to affect the market slightly but uh let's just have a quick look interesting it looks like um doesn't look like um beercocks have a rental department unless they've bought another name and i'm not aware of it but again uh, the problem with the stats on lettings is many agents haven't been putting their properties on the market so the stats have been over the place but again that might be something that is of interest to you all if you're watching so please just have a look at that and just see where you are if you just um, pause this on youtube you can have a look at the stats and see where your agency is so this is new instructions okay brian um i think we've come to the end of the show so could you get back on your soapbox give us a <laughs> view of where we are in the marketplace um and we'll leave these boys and girls in peace thank you yeah well look where we are in the marketplace you know listing numbers are high and if you've got the stock then you've got a chance of selling it okay so it's it's definitely the message the highest um one of the highest months for the last few, uh, highest week sorry for the last few months should give us encouragement we've come out of the the, the dip in august and we've and we're now having the run to christmas but i absolutely think that you've got to if you're if you're an agent now telling people when they list that we move by christmas you need to have a word with yourself because actually that would be mo in most situations incorrect advice and traditionally september is that month where we think this is the last month where if we get properties under offer and gone, they should be moved by Christmas. Managing expectations need to be very, very clear on that. Um, but it's exactly what we said all throughout the show. It's a very difficult and a very difficult balancing act to achieve. Um, but really, your message should be tailored 
for the needs of your customer. If you've got someone who's got no chain and a desire to sell, there's absolutely no point in you, you know, inflating that price to win the business. Give them a strong message, strong statistics, support them with evidence, you know, and and be have strength in your conviction, because people will instruct you based on you. Yeah, they invite the estate agency out, but they instruct the person from the estate agency. And like I've said so many times before, always remember, you are not there to list the house. You're there to help that person move. Never forget that. Brian, as always, excellent value for money. Uh, when I told Joanne, my wife, this morning, who have you got on the show? She said, it's Brian. She says, that's not work. That's just a bit of chat between some mates. Um, I look forward to seeing you at a show sometime where we can have a refreshing 568 milliliters of brood refreshment. <laughs> um, thank you for your insight. More no. importantly, thank you for watching the, the show. Thank you for your continued support, uh, ladies and gentlemen, watching the show. If you've got any comments, good and bad, especially bad, please do put them in the comments. If you've got any suggestions on localities, we do have a long list. But again, that list does, you know, because constantly needs topping up. So again, uh, do make some suggestions and uh, we'll see you all being well next week for the next show. Thank you.